All right, Kasha, welcome in the show, um, the Break Podcast. Um, I'm really thrilled and happy to have you here. Today, we're talking about a very interesting topic that I think has been all around in the media, in our business meetings, talking with our colleagues, which is basically the new work environment and where we're heading after COVID, um, um, you know, here or going away, let's see. Um, so welcome to the show, Kasha. Thank you very much, Ben. It's lovely to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Absolutely. Pleasure mine. Um, so let's start diving in. We're talking about work environment and a bit of recap and looking back. So more than a year ago, now it's almost two years, the business had to figure out how to navigate all of the challenges that the, um, the COVID brought in, in terms of meeting the signing requirement, but also ensuring the business continuity. So a bit of reflection, how is it different today? And what have we learned as people and businesses in that field? Well, I think, first of all, that the working reality has changed completely. And it's something that we could have not imagined before, such a change. Like we could not imagine that the borders will be closed or that we will not be allowed to travel to different countries. Now, um, I think we are sort of living a little bit the Jetsons, um, if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> that we all used to watch years ago and it all became a reality. So I suppose the working reality, how has it changed? Um, working from home became a normality and working from different places. That carried certain level of certain level of flexibility and it changed the reality of work because right. now you do not need to commute every day you do not need to get out you do not need to go into a, you know get your car or a train or a cab go into working place meet your colleagues you essentially work from home very often or from any other location uh, this of course has increased the amount of virtual interactions between people so we've sort of uh, dropped the face-to-face -face contacts which is super contact, which is super important for building rapport and the depth of the connection. And we have substituted it with virtual reality. Yeah. And what have been the learnings? Well, I guess it's been different from the business side and on the human side. Speaking, you know, there are challenges and opportunities on both, yeah. I believe, on both sides. For people, on one hand, they get to travel less um, for work, which can be beneficial. On the other hand, they can and they can spend more time with their family. However, this can be challenging at times. Right. Not has the right conditions to be working from home. Absolutely. You know, when yeah. you have your there as well because of COVID or because of you know holidays, and you of course has maybe your spouse. And um, I guess what has changed for people and what's been challenging is the lack of balance, or it's hard to manage the balance because all of a sudden there is no border between work and home life where your home has become a little bit of a workplace right so um, this i think it we, we all need to find out this balance for ourselves for it, however on the other side it brings amazing opportunities now um to, i can speak for myself but i know many individuals are in a similar situation you know i'm currently working for a company that a business that hired me uh, that does not even have a subsidiary in Poland, they uh, or entity, they work from Berlin, and I'm living in Poland, and I can work fu fully remotely for them. So yeah. it's a brilliant opportunity. So literally, the sky is the limit. For um, businesses, on the other hand, uh, of course, first of all, it's uh, all about facilitating remote working now. So if That's a company right. has not prepared themselves and who are not thinking ahead about um, 
bringing in certain technology and certain solutions ahead of time, they have lost out or missed out. Absolutely. You know, one of the few. Yeah. And uh, working at Lano, I see so often, because I talk to businesses all over the world from different time zones, different um, areas, from different industries, different of different sizes. And they all said that, like, you know, uh, they, they just currently have a shortage of talent. And uh, it's, it's unbelievable how big it is. And that's why people are going remotely as well to hire people. So, of course, thanks to COVID, things like this have changed. And, yeah. you know, it was challenging, but now the working reality is just different. And uh, people started hiring globally. Um, and I don't, I think that this is, is a trend that's going to stay there. Absolutely. So I hear what you're saying, Kasia. It's really interesting because I live that experience and, and I was of the thinking, you know, I have, when COVID started, I was working in a, in a business where we had doing a lot of transformation and everyone start wondering and asking the question is like, are we ready as a business to do so? And the first question, oh, technology is the first piece, actually. It's like, do we have enough tools in, in, in our toolbox just to support that models? And I'm kind of, you know, I start thinking of it. As I didn't think that technology was really the true problems. I think managed people were going to come back to this later on. But I, now I'd like to take it a bit. So do you think the flexibility that, are you actually for the opinion that flexibility that COVID brought in is just here to stay and why is that i think it's definitely gonna stay first of all because it showed us you know a different way of living and i sometimes i think when we we have the saying in poland uh, what your eyes have not seen your heart is not gonna miss uh, i'm not sure how you can put it in, in I've, English. I've, I've, i know similar ones in different languages i, I think you're absolutely right so, so i think that once we have seen something it's very hard to go back and uh, while many people have been struggling with this and it's been challenging on many levels, I think we just need to find for those that are struggling, they need certain network yeah. of support and figure out their own way to manage it. However, let's put it like that, working remotely and this flexibility, they've brought so many benefits for individuals and for the companies. And uh, you know, one thing to, men to mention as well is that I think that they're going in line with the generational change as well. Yep. Um, because, uh, I mean, I remember myself talking to my grandma when I was in China in, yeah, it was about 10 years ago, and I was studied, studying there. And my grandma, I, was, I met her on Skype, and she said, Kasia, I mean, it was just studying, but she said, Kasia, wink your right eye. And now wave to me. Now <laughs> wink, your, with your, wink with your left eye, you know, because she's not believing it. Whereas nowadays, look, you're in Krakow, I'm in Gdańsk, whereas we could be as well in China, Madrid, uh, Portugal, wherever. Yeah. So I think um, this has proven really beneficial for people, for individuals. Why? Because they can save time. They, we got a little bit, maybe not spoiled, but we, we were shown a different way of how it can work. I don't have to be commuting now to work. You know, yeah. I can work for a company located in Berlin or in Madrid or in Helsinki or wherever. So literally the big uh, things that people have been dreaming of, they became true, but you don't even have to relocate. You know, you just need to have certain skills. Then, of course, another aspect is that um, I recently spoke to a customer who said, Kasia, I was so delighted when COVID came in. I mean, not because of COVID, but he said I was traveling. It's a, a 
the head of finance of a quite a big company. And he said, I was traveling most of the, of the month, most of the weekdays. And I was seeing my family maybe, you know, on the weekend and maybe one other day. Now I'm doing those, the same meeting from home. Yeah. I get to see my kids. I get to cook with my wife. I get to spend the evening with them. So this is another thing that, you know, I think we've got um, excessively um, sort of uh, overused in a certain stage with work. And, you know, and, and I understand that money is time and time is money and we have to, yeah. you know, we have to be dealing and meeting people. But sometimes you need this balance because people can burn out. And I think Absolutely. COVID gave us this opportunity to stay with the family yeah. and then on the other sorry Ben. no 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 it's just it's a, it makes a lot of sense to a point where it's just now hearing you and kind of reflecting is like if anyone any business try to revert i think the immediate effect just are going to lose people that because that's become in the past was optional like you said one two days in a week you work from home and it's considered like a fantastic thing especially when it's friday or monday and then, then but now it's just become essential and an office is kind of the option it's like i think i see it more yeah it's, it's it's hard to revert right i think it's super hard to revert and i remember my manager a few years ago uh, i was more junior but i asked her uh look could i work from home like two days a week because it would help me you know sometimes you just get i don't know you want your dishwasher fixed or you want to yeah. go shopping whatever and she was very reluctant to it whereas nowadays uh i just know that it wouldn't be Possible. I mean, I still like going to the office because I, I mean, I think it's great. And whenever I get to go to Berlin to visit my colleagues from Nano, I, I love it. But um, just having this flexibility and, um, you know, another aspect, and I've been talking to my colleagues so much about it, is that um, I, I, I'm actually loving it and I need to do it myself at some stage, but they are working remotely. And when their partners are working remotely as well, they very often go like to, you know, for two weeks to Croatia because yeah. it's, it's a winter time in here, for example, and they can just get some sun or spend time with their families because we are all international, very international crowd exactly. um, at Nano. So, you know, it gives you the opportunities that weren't there before. And for the businesses, they save costs on the office space, on, yeah. you know, and also they have access to global talents. So I don't know if you know it, Ben, but the shortage of global talent is unbelievable. And nowadays it's about 85 million um, of shortage of global talent. Oh, yeah, Th that's a very interesting figure. Back to my comment and your train of thoughts. Standing today where we are, do you think we have enough technology to replace that aspect of person-to-person -person contact? Uh, and then are we getting there if we are not and then and then maybe what kind of tools and techniques have emerged from where we are and recently um through the period of the last you know um, half a year or so well first of all i think the answer is no i do not think that even though i'm a huge fan of technology and i'm this generation that has already learned you know uh, to use technology on a daily basis I, I completely disagree that um, mm. best virtual reality will ever um, replace face-to-face -face contact because, um, you know, it's proven, I don't know, I don't have the numbers now from the top of my head, but it's proven that most of interaction between people, it's, it's the body language. Non-verbal, yeah. It's not verbal, you know, it's the gestures, it's the 
posture, etc. Um, I mean, now, great, you see my face and a little bit of my upper uh, body, but it still isn't the same. It's not the same proximity. And I think that um, the tools will get better and you can get a certain level of... Um, you can build certain rapport and relationship, but I don't think it's ever going to be the same as uh, meeting face-to-face. And, you know, yeah. there are additional things as well. When you meet face-to-face, you have a coffee together, you have a drink, you go a little bit off the topic, which also brings people together. Yeah, and, and, and you know, I find it, it is, I could share some experience, especially when you run workshop or brainstorming session. So if I have a room, uh, not a room, a virtual room, um, if say four people, two of them whom I worked with, I know very well, we had the chance to be f- physically on contact, like work together in office around, did workshops before. So we know each other. And then if the other two, they completely new to the organization, it's so hard to read their minds, not seeing them. It's just sometimes awkward silence, as you said, and then sometimes they turn off the camera because, you know, again, as you said early on, they just they, they don't have the right condition to work from home, so not everyone comfortable to turn on the camera, right? Mm-hmm. So I find it really hard, especially in the first meeting. I could imagine also if you a salesperson, a meeting client for the first time, that's as virtual. It's just so hard to say, is does make sense? I mean, I'm making my customer happy. Are we need to, to close this deal? Are we really far from their, our clients' requirements? So it's, it's a guess game, right? And then you'll have to combine a multitude of information written and maybe a little bit and through the videos to kind of evaluate whether you're going in the right directions or you had to alter. I think there's a lot of, you know, you put more time if you go virtual versus if you go face to face, which is more efficient because you just, as I say, you just walk in the floor, you pump to your colleagues. We need to have a chat about this. Not need for a meeting, grab a coffee, drink water, go for lunch. And just, you mostly settle your affair in one day. But now in the virtual, you got back and forth with a few 30 minutes meetings and the calendar just to achieve exactly the same results. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah, you're absolutely right on this one. All right, so we talked about where we are, we have been a bit of technology, what has emerged in, in, the, in the last few months, and then a kind of whether that could, could have been a replacement to um, a, a, a person-to-person contact. But let's talk about more about the human side of this. Um, so what do you think um, leaders and managers um, trying to bridge the gaps between you know working together with colleagues, um, and, and the trust, there's actually there's a big elements. And, and this is my, my early arguments. I, I thought early on, it wasn't really a problem of tech. Tech's all the time will be ahead, kind of what we need. So what should managers and leaders look after in this environment? Uh, well, so first, um, I guess I'm going to touch later on a little bit on the previous question as well, but it's going to be somewhere between, and between the lines. Um, so... First of all, Ben, I think that even though the virtual reality has become the normality now, and we have amazing teleconferencing tools, we have amazing collaboration tools online, you know, we are even able to work on the same document um, in the real time, you know, and see which changes the other person puts in. 
and and I think that people maybe have become more forgiving even if someone's internet is not working because we all know we're in the same boat. But at the same time, I think that the, the paradox of this situation is that while the technology has increased or the amount of technology in our life, it is super important to stay human. And yes. it's like it's like the, this balance that we need in different spaces of our lives because so first of all, I think that um, this I've always seen the difference the, the big difference between manager and the leader. And I think that the managers should become even especially now more and more move towards leaders. They should become leaders because um, you know manager for me from my perspective, I mean I don't mean about the role title, right but I mean yeah. the person and the approach. Mm-hmm. It's someone who empowers people. It's not just you know wielding authority no it's giving it's removing the obstacles and it's helping someone to grow. And I think it's, it's super needed now, especially when people are starting, they're entering the work, workplace, um, have never worked, for example, before, and they just do not know how to deal with certain things. They've never worked in a group of people yeah. and their own reality is online. Yeah. So I think such a leader in a weird way becomes a, should become also a body, a friend, a, a little bit like a teacher at school, you know, which is a substitute of your parents that guides you through things. Of course, I don't mean parenthood in here, but I think that it's just so important that leaders are empathetic, uh, mm-hmm. that they uh, talk to people, that they ask them about, how are you? If they see that something is wrong, they will not jump into conclusions, but they will ask, look, do you need any help? Do you need any support? Um, have you spoken to your colleagues? I think another aspect that may be um, not seen by leaders or by, by by managers is that you know now many people are on one hand we're working from home but on the other hand people feel isolated especially again when you're new especially you don't know the company you are entering a new group of people you don't know who to ask for what so it's super important to create this culture of inclusiveness uh, inclusivity sorry and um, this culture of acceptance and the culture where everyone can ask a question without being afraid of asking the stupid question. There are no stupid questions. Um, so trust, transparency, communication, and um, even putting, I mean, I always think that it's important to put people before the company because if you, and I think that companies are very different, but people are the main driving force. Yeah, so yes. Absolutely. I mean, um, I, th- I think, you know, it's, it's, it's beyond, it's certainly beyond, oh, here you go, this is your laptop. Um, uh, this is your keyboard mouse, um, we're gonna refund you and chair on a table. It's more than um, how to use teams, how to email, how to set up a meeting It's beyond that. Um, uh, this is where this is the shared drive linked where to find your I don't know your process maps and documentations, or this is the link for your trainings. It's absolutely you you spot on when you say leaders has really to invest time on understanding their people, right? And and this this is really fundamental. Otherwise, it just would not work. And funny enough, you know the best leaders I've worked with, they were always putting a person a person in front of the job to be done because they took care of the person 
and they showed their human side. And then every employee was, you know, just going the extra mile for them because you, you care about it. Someone has showed you interest and, and not just look for the results. I think that's, that's amazing, amazing approach. All right. <clears throat> so I'd like to move to, you know, if we want to reframe what you said, Kasha, what would have been the three top skills that leaders has to develop? <coughs> I can cut that. All right, you can answer now. Sure. Um, I where first of all it's communication, um, and then trust, and then I think it's the empathy. Yes. So it's basically not hey, have you done that? Right? It's like you know if people are not able to do a job, it must be reasons beyond just they don't want to do a job, right? Because otherwise they were not there in the first place. They were not working with you in the first place. And actually, and then, and this is what I told a lot of my colleagues when they have challenges with, with their staff. You say, you cannot complain about your staff. You hired the staff. You actually mm -hmm. the one who hired them. So it's, it's, if you want to blame anyone, you would have blamed yourself, basically. And, and, and there's this all the time we everyone has uh, is good by nature they no one is will intentionally not do a job or skip something or being you know um, not serious about their jobs because everyone want to learn and I've seen mm -hmm. that a lot in the new joiners from university this is I think the biggest challenge and this is why I ask you questions like what kind of skills um, leaders let's say not managers has to develop because I have seen a lot of challenge. People that come to me off university, this is the first job in their lives. They're not aware. They've been a student. They're living a life of a student. It's the culture of a student. Exams, mm -hmm. it's a test, it's a teacher, it's, you know, go to the podiums, casuals, you know, different life, right? Than, you know, nine to, to five or nine to six. So it's, I agree with you. It's so much important that piece of, communication you got to be clear what's your expectation is and then number two having that empathy sense and trust how you deal with your colleagues and your staffs and i think i kind of i don't like the words manager staff is because kind of creating a lot of gaps in between but it's actually mm -hmm. colleagues you just you have a, a superior roles of supervision due to your experience in the business and one day themselves, they will be a manager. So you raising a future manager or leader, right? You've got to give a good example for that. So um, the what I'm trying to follow, uh, follow up with this one. So how managers and leaders ensure equity and inclusion in this kind of environment, especially in the past, it's so... I came to Poland in 2015 and I was probably one of five foreigners within a team, which is entirely, you know, Polish teams. And now when you go virtual, you have team, different background, different culture, different mindset, different, you know, way of thinking. And you sitting remote, you don't even see them. As you said, you, you're, you're in a team in Berlin. It's not that much of different. I know that when you're in Europe, it's not that really much of difference. But still, if you go beyond that, how actually leaders could ensure inclusions and inequity in that type of environment? Well, I, I think the number one thing is the open communication and it's um, creating a culture of trust and some sort of a safe space, if you know what I mean. So 
Mm, I recently read this article about creating a culture of belonging, and it mm. has four aspects to it. Number one is you need to people need to be seen um, for their unique contribution to the business, to the company. They need to be connected to co workers. They need to be supported on a daily work uh, and in their career development, which is also very important. And then finally, they need to be proud of their organization and the values of the organization they're working for. And all of this creates, on one hand, this personal satisfaction, because we need this. If we, if we feel good about ourselves and about what we're doing, we feel more empowered to do it. We feel more like we can give extra things from ourselves. You know, We can go the extra mile. And on the other hand, I, through, throughout my working career, I've learned that having the same values as the company you're working for is just essential. Because, you know, especially when you work in sales, it's, um, I mean, I'm very, I wear, I wear my heart on the sleeve, you know, I'm open book, like, I I don't like saying bullshit, I don't, I could not, no, I'm not one of these people, as, you know, the, the old um, saying says that the good salesperson could sell you their own grandmother, you know. <laughs> no, um, the reality is that I think people, you know, I'm really always connected to what I'm doing, and I think it's essential that you feel this value. So I think this in order to fulfill all these four aspects, you need to have, um, first of all, everything needs to go from the top to the bottom yeah. because the values at the top, if people do not walk the talk, then you know anyone else in the company does not see it or feel it. So there needs to be empathy, that the senior leaders need to be empathetic, empathetic. there needs to be inclusion. And um, it's always great if they connect with people and if, they're not, um, if there's not a huge hierarchy but if the approach is, look, if you want to reach out, you are a person the same way I am, because you don't want to create this culture of hierarchy or um, in a weird situation where people, some people think that they're better than the others, especially now when working remotely and from different countries. This, this can be more challenging because some people may feel discriminated or whatever. And then, of course, you have the manager that should be really responsive and they should be uh, appreciative and empowering. And then the peers should be supportive and should be giving each other feedback. And yeah. by feedback, I mean, I don't mean negative. I mean, I don't mean positive either, because very often what I've seen working for an Irish company, and I love, um, Irish, I mean, not Irish company, but in Ireland for nearly seven years, is that um, it's very hard for some people, in, depending on the country you're from, to say something negative. But feedback should be. Uh, should not negative, but it should be constructive. Constructive, yeah. It should help you learn what are what can I improve so that I will get better. And I think um, if these things will come together, the employee will really feel great. They will feel that they are not worse in any way. They will feel incl included. And I think that's where we all should be heading. Towards. Yes, and, and I think you know um, on the sideline on terms of the feedback, what. Um, I've took a, a coach uh, many, many years back, and the first things he asked me, I remember, it's like, okay, how you feel about feedback? I told him, it's like, feedback to me is like a self-service. And he told me, how is that? Can you explain it? So it's like, sometimes you work with a stakeholder, and if you're not getting any feedback, and this is regardless, negative, positive, you would not know. No one has a crystal ball to, to see through people's mind. 
So if somebody gives me a feedback, I would have known, am I hitting, you know, the mark or I need to improve somewhere. And usually when you get the feedback, a constructive feedback, which is, this is the, I think everyone should value, you get an action plan out of it because they will tell you is exactly where, what's the expectation are mm -hmm. and then where they want you to improve. And this to me is just priceless because it will save me a guessing time. So th this is kind of, but this is a, a big topic in the feedback, but I think I totally agree with you that in, it, it's really important among trust um, and empathy, it just to have that loops of feedback. It's the only way that we know where we need to improve and how we could work that out while not being in, in you know, person-to-person uh, -person contact working environment. So I think you were spot on on this one, Kasha. And, and this is kind of, you touched upon the impo importance of, of, of trust. So I'm going to just go ahead directly to the, the questions. If we take a really 25,000 feet altitude, how do you see working environment evolving from here? And then are, if, if there's any specific factors would impact the speed of change, of transitioning to that, to whatever the future will uh, look like in terms of working environment? So first of all, I think that the you know as I already mentioned, um, the the changes in our environment that are caused by or working environment that are caused have been caused by COVID and by the the need the necessity for you know changing this reality to going remote. They do go in line with this technological development and also with the generational development. And I think that therefore we won't be able to go back. I'm not even sure if certain generations going forward will want to ever go back because, you know, I think that like we have already, I mean, I think everyone knows or most people know the differentiation from between the baby boomers, Generation X, Generation Y, gener or millennial, millennials, Generation Z, etc. I think it's even Generation A now that was born and after 2012. So we have all these um, different generations and um, based on the psychological researches, they all have been, uh, they, they have all different needs in relation to job, working environment, in relation to their um, salaries, um, and, and just style, lifestyle, basically. So I think that while you or me, Ben, um, I'm not sure when you were born, and I'm not asking this here now. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you a flight. <laughs> Yeah, I was giggling my age or generation. Yeah. <laughs> but I think the fact is that we both, um, we have been used to working in the office or we've True. started, we've tried. So we know this different culture as well and how, you know, we might be missing coffee at the coffee, I mean, coffee break at the coffee machine or random chat when, you know, queuing to the water tank or, you know, whatever water station. But I think there are also generations that are now entering the workforce that, they, they have never even experienced it and that they communicate with their peers with I mean, not even peers but with their colleagues with their friends online they are instead of going into a park for a date they go on you know tinder or different applications so i think that if we whether we want it or not the reality and the life is moving globally i mean to, to the virtual world you know and and i think that technology facilitates it and of course it's amazing um how to say it it's like you know the, the need it's like a wheel you know the technology is speeding up all yeah. this 
the cycle and then people also want this and, and and they want this facilitation from the technology side so i don't see any more going back um you know it's a little bit like our grandparents could never imagine that we will be traveling all around, all around the world you know or um, now we do and we probably cannot imagine what the life and the future of work will be in 20 years i just yeah. hope that we will still be able to have this face-to-face -face contact because um, building reports and just normal interactions, it's, it's, it's a way more, you know. Um, so, yeah, I just think that that's where the reality is going and taking, speaking on every day, I mean, on a daily basis with customers from different locations, they all admit, uh, literally all of them, that they have, there is a shortage of talents. Talents. So they, they, they go abroad, they need to go abroad or they want to go abroad because either they're not um enough people in a particular or enough talent in particular country or the competition is too strong or uh, they just need you know they're reaching for maybe people who can do similar work but for uh, more competitive price so and of course at the end of the day the businesses are growing everything is getting international and global so we want to open entity here and there we want to have this global presence so um, I think it's just, um, as funny as it sounds, I think it's the new style or way of life. And of course, it's not open to all the professions because of the nature of the work they're doing. I mean, you cannot be doing physical work over the internet or, uh, or virtually. But I think that um, other than that, for people who, who work really at the computer and with technology, um, it's going to stay remote now. All right. That's... Um, that's that's really interesting, Kasia, I totally agree with you. All right, so last but not least, so you are working in Lano. Uh, you mentioned a few times in the interview. And could you tell me a bit about what Lano does and then how it could support business navigate the new work environment, especially taking away some of the challenges in terms of, you know, um, how you call um, acquiring talents in, in, in the times where there's shortage, actually, as I mentioned earlier on, a big gaps in talents um, to source for businesses. Sure. So Helano has um, been on market for around three years now at this stage. And essentially our founders, um, they have spotted a shortage of solutions for companies that want to hire globally. Mm -hmm. There used to be point solutions like, you know, a contractor management tool or maybe a system to hire a person in a different country or provide payroll. But there has not been one unique platform for it. So what Marcus and Aurel have done is they created a platform that it's pretty much a one stop shop for companies that want to expire, the, the, sorry, that want to expand globally and hire globally because, you know, it's not as simple as it may sound. I mean, even hiring people in your own country can is quite complex because you need to know the taxation yeah. uh, rules, you need to know the labor law, you need to be compliant with different regulations. And what happens is Lano provides the three different aspects that support customer along the way of their glo global hiring and global, global sorry, growth. And it includes contractor management, which is usually the, early, the earliest stage when companies reach to other countries, maybe for developers or certain freelancers to have certain jobs done by them. Mm -hmm. It's hard to manage many of them. Mm -hmm. You know, when you have three, five, it's easy. But when you when it's tens or hundreds, it's super hard. 
Then the next step is very often businesses, once they spot really great talent, they just want to keep them within the business. And also the employees, you know, they're more more conscious of their rights and of the benefits they could get. They want to, you know, have um, certain social security for them and their family. So that, that's where the full-time employment comes in. However, very often, as a, if, if you as a business would like to hire a full-time employee in a different country, you cannot do it without opening an entity. And that's where Lana comes in. So we provide a service where we, you, we help you employ a person. And then the later stage is that we also help you, if you would like to open the entity, we help you we, with supporting a payroll provider. And what's, and the beauty of it is moreover that if you are, um, if you are in a few locations in different countries, if you have few offices and you have people hired in all of them, we also provide consolidated payroll and reporting. So for a company, it's everything in one platform. And it's also a fintech platform, which is super important to mention, because you can, you know, first of all, you need to hire employees, you need to onboard them, all the compliant, but then you also need to pay them. So we put it all together. And um, it's, to be honest, it's brilliant. And uh, I'm actually a great example of it, because I mean, <laughs> I, I've been hired in this model by Lana as well. Just as a question, and you might say, no, I don't, I didn't want to answer that. That's okay. So who's by sector now? Is it technologies, your biggest clients in Lano? Or you have also others like from, I don't know, in my mind right now in Poland, for example, shared service centers. If you, if you have this inside, then you could share, of course. Yes. Well, we have uh, companies from completely different sectors. So there is a lot of um, IT there. There's a lot mm -hmm. of software companies, a lot of startups. Um, there are a lot of marketing companies and advertising companies. Um, however, we also have a lot of coaching platforms okay. and different um, services. Um, there are non-profits. There are, um, to be honest now, I actually, I mean, we don't have manufacturing customers, right? Okay, I mean, yeah. Makes sense. I have across those yet but um, we do we have all different types of industries okay because um, it, it's just slightly different from company model to for, for different company models because some companies focus mainly on contractors okay and in that when they have a big amount of contractors they need a tool to have all the documents in one place to have a payment through there because also you if you hire globally you should not just think about getting a talent um, the attractive rate, for example, as a contractor of freelancer, but you also need to pay them, which causes additional costs yeah. and many dollars. Good yeah. luck. So Lano is just this one place for all of these things. And then for different businesses, uh, now I spoke, I've been speaking um, over the last, sorry, two and a half months, I was speaking to pretty much all different companies from different locations of different sizes who've been hiring, who are hiring in Philippines, in Portugal, in Italy, in Jesus, I think literally everywhere. So it's okay. extremely exciting. And um, I, to be very frank with you, a year ago, two years ago, I never thought that this could be the reality now, that um, right. someone wants to hire a person in the country where they not, they have not even been to. Right, yeah, this is the, when, when we have the chat offline, it's like the first thing is like, that must be really interesting, especially in terms of regulatory um, requirement and then taxes and all of these things. Anything 
that comes in in the right time as well, right? Because everyone is shifting kind of things. And I think, you know, you could put land on and and the maps of the first movers, if, if I use the proper term in here. Definitely. And I think the beauty of it is that we have currently partnerships in over 160 countries in the world. So Very interesting. We have experts there. So, you know, uh, any questions about taxation, about the payroll, about uh, H I mean, labor law or HR support, it's all included there. So we definitely make sure to give our both customers and employees the employees that we hire in this model uh we give them as this sort of security network net absolutely all right kasha pleasure talking to you and having you in the show and i look forward to uh meeting you again and probably pick up another topic and that's will pop up in terms of you know working environment future working environment how that looks like in a few months from now Perfect. Thank you very much, Ben. It was a real pleasure <laughs> speaking you. to you. And yeah, hope to talk to you again. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.